Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Working Title with Keyshawn Rains. This is your host. Today's guest is someone who is embracing joy like no other. I had the privilege of meeting this woman a few years ago and we shared space in a beautiful ceremony and have remained friends since that time what i'm grateful for is that no matter where i am east coast west coast she's always there she is a traveling empowering exciting joy activating human being she was a featured guest on the podcast last season and said yes to being a part of this beloved project of mine yet again I will not spend too much time telling you how amazing she is. I will let you listen and find out for yourself. Today's guest is the one, the only Zuri Walker. So sit back, get comfortable, relax into some long, deep cleansing breaths and get ready for another conversation. Hello there. Hello. How are you? I am wonderful. How are you? I am I am good as well. I just right before this call, I just had like a like I just solved what seemed like an astronomically complicated problem that my mom presented me with this morning and I solved it in about 10 minutes. So I was feeling pretty good about myself. <laughs> oh god. I mean, it's like, oh yeah, it was one of those like mom called me last night. And then mom called this morning, like panicking. I mean, rightfully so over some accounting issue that she Mm. was having. And I was like, I, you know, I was like, mom, I'm going to this poetry thing. I got to call you in the morning. So I called her after my class and she's just like, you know, unloading, unloading. And I felt myself like, shut up, mom, I'm going to take care of it. Just relax. (laughs) Just relax. But then I paused and I was like, you know what, Kishan? Just let her get it out. Just let her share. And she did. And I was like, give me two hours, mom. I'll get to the bottom of it. I promise I'll get a solution for you. So I got a solution. So I'm feeling really good about that. But yeah. (laughs) Good. (laughs) How are, how, how, I mean, like it's, it's been a long time since we've had a chance to check in. And, um, before we dive, you know, all the way into the podcast, um, you're familiar with this format because you were one of my favorite guests last year. And as I look at the, the analysis for the podcast that um, this particular app records, I can see that one of your episode was the second most listened to episode. Oh, wow. Out of the 14 episodes that went up last year. So that was also pretty awesome i wanted to share that with you so oh, thank you people like what you have to say <laughs> so <laughs> i mean thank you for that reminder <laughs> you're very welcome you're very welcome so um i want to give you an opportunity to introduce yourself again to the listeners and uh just tell us your name and what you stand for oh wow hello my name is zori walker and I stand for joyful awakening. Mm. Tell me more about that. Yeah. um, I mean, that truly is my life purpose. My life calling is to first and foremost for myself um, to wake up to who I really am Mm -hmm. as this whole perfect and complete soul and to be a catalyst purveyor of that for others. Mm-hmm. And that, that, um, that process, this journey that we are on can be a joyful, easy, loving, beautiful process. Mm-hmm. That does not mean pain-free. <laughs> <laughs> Just a disclaimer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, you know, because that that's part of it, too. But even that can be a joyful, beautiful process when we understand what it is and how that's actually supporting and propelling us to the next level. And that there's just so many amazing gifts and blessings that this life has to offer. And, 
to, you know, remind myself and others that that's what, you know, we're called to do to experience that for ourselves and others. And it's Mm. being our fullest, truest selves that allows that to happen. Yeah. I I like how you, you phrased that as joyful awakening. What I wrote down was like silver lining. Um, That's what was coming up for me was this idea that when we look at ourselves and we're doing, you know, a self-assessment and saying, okay, my life is here. I would like it to be there. How do I get from here to there? And typically it is some type of journey into healing. And a lot of times that requires us to go back, you know, into ourselves, to go back into our past and sometimes even further into our ancestry to kind of find out when did we stop feeling joyful or when did we start feeling like something needed to change. And sometimes we can get stuck back there as we go back. So the idea Mm -hmm. of looking at the journey to healing as a joyful awakening, I think of like buried treasure, you know, like if I, if I dig in here, I'm going to find some treasure. I'm not just going to find the trauma and the pain. So how do you facilitate joyful awakening for yourself? What does that look like for you? That's a great, uh, that's a great uh, question. And, you know, one of the things that allows me to do that, because I've been, I've been on this journey for many, many years, Mm -hmm. and started on the, the hard, tough journey into the past and the pain and all of that and doing the work, and so forth. And where I've come to, where I've landed now is that there's got to, you know, what's, what's the path that's, you know, to quote Abraham Hicks, what's the path of least resistance? Mm-hmm. You know, what's the path of ease in my life? And um, to know that I'm entitled to joy and that sometimes I fight for joy. Mm-hmm. You know, that to know that this is what I deserve and this is what I want. And so I, first and foremost, it's an internal decision that I choose joy. Mm. And in doing so, you know, we realize that, you know, there's something that comes um, from, uh, you know, background in Christianity of, you know, mm-hmm. joy comes in the morning and mm-hmm. joy is something deeper more you know spiritual besides the circumstance Mm -hmm. and that I you know I do love that and at the same time it's a choice yes it's a commitment that we make because we it's our choice of how we want to respond to whatever is happening in life it's our choice to decide if we want to remember who we really are that this entire journey is um is you know is our soul's choice right to do so and so our soul is finding all of this joyful you know and (laughs) it's like all of this you know is part of its own discovery and evolution Mm. so you know that's kind of the metaphysical side of that Mm -hmm, but then mm -hmm. um you know, in practical day-to-day terms, there's a lot of things that I do um, to create joyful practices. Like, mm-hmm. you know, to make, what does it mean? Because uh, starting your day and how we start our day is so right. important and oh dictates the rest of the day. Yes. And how can I start a day? And I love this word. Evidently, some people hate it and some people love it. <laughs> okay. How do I start, you know, like, how do I create it to be a juicy day? You oh, know? Like, yeah, I like juicy. Can- yes, that's a fun. It's a, yeah, you can't not smile and say juicy at the same time. There's automatically going to be joy that comes <laughs> think, back, so. I think so. Like, I, you know, I, I think I, I picked it up, um, from my yoga teacher when I was doing my teacher training and that was one of her words juicy and I would never think of juicy at that time you know early on well actually this was before my teacher training Mm -hmm. early on as you know you're trying your best to get into a pose it's like there's nothing juicy about this no there's nothing 
nothing joyful about this. There's no happiness here. What do you mean? But you know, that is the point. When you are at that space of resistance and challenge, are you seeing it as difficult and strife? Or is this just a juicy moment that I can relax and surrender into because that's my breakthrough. That's my space to expand. That's my growth. Right. And so, yeah, I think that's where, you know, Mm. I really fell in love with Juicy, but it's also like, oh, it's giving me goosebumps right now. Mm -hmm. I think you're feeling. Yes, I'm feeling that as well. Yes. And um, Juicy is, what is that, you know, because Juicy is different for each of us, but what is that thing that just feels good and it's like Mm. it just oozes over your body and, you know, and can't help but put a smile on your face like what is that that you can do for yourself in the morning whether it's you know whether it's meditation whether it's a juicy workout you know not that you know Mm -hmm. hardcore push Mm -hmm. whether it's singing and dancing you know like and I've done I've worked with a lot of my clients and they all create their own juicy morning processes but I realized um, for me, and like I do candles and, you know, and mm-hmm. sage and, you know, a whole process in my tea. Like I have a whole juicy morning process mm. that just feels phenomenal. And when you feel good and you create the pattern, not only in your mind and match it in your body to feel good, because most of us, we have not been conditioned to right. feel good. Right, right. We've just been conditioned to survive (laughs) and a a lot of us have been conditioned to just survive. And I think what I feel is happening right now is that we're starting to, like you said earlier, fight for the joy. We're starting to recognize that having that joy, having that juiciness present in our day is our birthright. And it's something that we truly deserve. And Mm -hmm. I think that part of getting there, part of arriving there is recognizing that we didn't know how to do it until now. We didn't learn how to, you know, necessarily dive into self-care. We didn't learn how to set boundaries. We didn't learn how to feel the feelings and all these things that we are kind of picking up as we enter into different stages of adulthood a lot of it is, is unlearning a little bit, you know, setting aside some of our just get by tactics, Mm -hmm. some of our just make it to tomorrow tactics, or some of our, you know, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to live, you know, I'm just trying to survive. Some of those, those habits that we learned by our caregivers and their caregivers who came before them were just about surviving. And I think what's happening now for people is we're recognizing that we want to thrive, We want to really live this life. We want to really let that soul presence that's in us have an an adventure, you know, one worth Mm -hmm. writing about, you know what I mean? Or one that inspires other people. And that's one of the quotes that's on my website is, you know, live your life in a way that makes others stop and take notice of how Mm -hmm. you're living. And, and if you're living in a space of joy and you're living in a space of awakening and you're living in a space of juiciness, it feels good. And you typically want to like share it with other people. Do you mm-hmm. find, do you find that your joy is, uh, is contagious in a sense? Yeah, I was gonna say infectious. <laughs> infectious? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And honestly, it's, uh, it is part of my service. Mm. It's part of my work that I do, you know, first and foremost for myself, And in passing it on, you know, on a day-to-day basis in the smallest way, I remember I actually had, I was at Trader Joe's and I had uh, two clerk checkers who were like fighting to serve me because they're like, she's just got this great energy and there's this beautiful (laughs) smile and this joy about her. I want some of it. (laughs) Right. And I just chuckling at the, you know, the whole experience. And it is, you know, it is, you know, energy is neither created nor destroyed. It's simply transferred. And the more we can transfer that and, you know, just gift that, to others with nothing in return they may not even receive it or they may not even know they're receiving it but to 
be able to give that is mm-hmm. just that is you know that is a privilege or and to be able to see sometimes when someone lights up from it right from, you know and it's not even doing you know like that in and of itself is a service I didn't have to do anything physically mm-hmm. for them mm-hmm. you know but to give them that and it's amazing to see how instantly you know that shifts things that's so true it, br- it brings up something for me when I think about joy or energy being infectious, especially positive energy is, is very inviting. How do you protect your energy? How do you maintain that? Mm, that's a great, that's a great question. Um, so there's a number of things in that practice. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is to, you know, regularly stay grounded, mm-hmm. you know, and we, you know, as yogis, we very much know uh, with grounding ourselves, um, whether emotionally, physically, mm-hmm. you know, grounding, just connecting um, to the ground and nature mm-hmm. and those sorts of things, just, you know, to keep yourself grounded. Right. Um, one of the other things I've learned um, in the work, especially in the work that I do as a transformational coach, is that um, just because someone else has that energy doesn't mean I have to absorb it. Right. And that was a, and I, I actually coach coaches now on that because one of the things is the first thing you want to try and do is hone your ability to, you know, even more fine tune, be able to feel the energy and be able to connect and feel that other person, Mm -hmm. you know, and some of us, we naturally do that already, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean I have to absorb it because when you absorb, oh my gosh, you mm. know, it's, and it takes so long to get it back out. Yeah. You know, once you do that, whether you're conscious of it or not, right. you know, we don't realize like, wait, I was having a good day. Why am I feeling like crap now? That's exactly. Absorb someone else's energy. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to mess it up. There's a, um, I'm not sure if it's a Buddhist saying or concept, but it's mm-hmm. um, like water over rocks. And it's kind of like, you know, imagining Mm -hmm. the river flowing and it doesn't, I don't, as the rock, you know, as a rock, I don't have to let, you know, I don't have to absorb all it. I can just let it go around me. Right. I can be aware. I can be very well aware and in tuned of what's there, but it's actually not my business to absorb it. Right. Right. And just, and, and I think of it also like, As a practitioner, if I think of myself or we think of ourselves as medical practitioners, they see patients day in, day out. They see hundreds of different diseases. They don't Mm -hmm. take them on. They identify them, they observe them, and they treat them. And then they go home at the end of their Mm -hmm. day. And so sometimes when you're doing work that's less physical and more energetic or emotional, sometimes it can be difficult to just identify observe, treat, and move on because we're one of the methods I think for myself that allows me to identify and observe another person's experience is to try it on for myself, you know, or to recall one of my own experiences that kind of mirrors what that person is experiencing. But like you said, it takes me back into a place that I didn't necessarily want to go. I just wanted to support you and hold space. So Mm-hmm. I can imagine how valuable that can be, especially providing that service for other coaches. Cause I think that's something that we all experience because one of our superpowers is being able to be, you know, empathic, being able to stand by someone, being able to stand with someone and hold space for them and kind of be a yeah. guiding light for them to come out. But Hey, that doesn't mean we have to take their stuff with us. Cause <laughs> exactly. And, you know, and usually what I find, you know, the ones that penetrate the most, whether it's the person or, you know, the issue or the challenge, Mm -hmm. it's penetrating because there's something, it's connecting with something that already exists within us. Right. And, um, and I've, you know, I've seen experiences where a person can't handle the experience and supporting because they just got triggered and, you know, and they lose it. Right. Um, and what the gift, you know, one that, you know, 
leads you to know how you have to keep going. But mm-hmm. the gift in that is to realize, oh, okay, there's some of my own stuff I still have to deal with. Not in this moment. That is not the time. Right. Not on your time. <laughs> but right. Yeah. Now I've made it about me suddenly. Like, right. shift this. I need to still be in service. And that's right. how you can also shift that energy, mm. you know, when you're with other people and so forth is, hey, no, I'm, you know, this isn't about me. It's in, I'm being in service or support to someone else. Mm-hmm. Um but, oh, okay, let me be aware. Let me be present. I can be present and see this is something triggering for me. Let me go, you know, in my own time and productive space, deal with that. Right. No, that, that draws me to exactly what I wanted to ask you about today, which is how these lovely conversations happen, is um, doing the type of work that you do and providing the type of service that you provide. How, how do you maintain your sense of presence while holding space for these other people? Is it just a magical power that you have? Is it something that you, that you learned over time? Because, and I'm so curious about it because like you said, when, you know, we're all human, we all have stuff, we all have experiences. Then when we step into this work and, and put ourselves out there to be in service to others, sometimes those landmines, those triggers might be unknown until we're in service. So in moments like that, you know, we have to kind of draw ourselves back in, like you said, kind of put our stuff aside, back burner, I'll come back and deal with that later. But um, I want to know, like, what your experience is like with that maintaining your presence, maintaining that space for other people. And if you've ever had a moment where you were pulled out, and and how you how you dealt with that? Oh, Yeah. Yes, I would like to say that presence is my superpower, but you know, <laughs> I think it's the rare person, especially growing up in this country, who naturally stays present. Yeah. Um, actually, I think the best examples of fully present people are little people. Mm. You know, kids, they haven't, the younger, you know, watch a kid playing. Yeah. They are so present. Yes. There is nothing else in this world. <laughs> but what they are them and what they are doing mm-hmm. and it's beautiful and it's our conditioning actually to you know we get pulled out of that and pulled to um think about so many things all the time and mm-hmm. so it is definitely it's a intention it's a commitment and it is a practice honed skill Mm. um but you've got to have you've got to have all three you know in cultivating that and i think what i'm most thankful for is one of my mentors uh coop blackson where who i studied transformational coaching under who was so present he would know when I wasn't present. Mm, He could (laughs) feel it. Yeah. Yes. Like, where'd you go? Where'd you go? What happened? Yeah. Right. And that's the thing. The more present you get, you just, you know, you sink into this space where you are feeling. So I was like, how does he know this? You know, but then you realize you can feel when that person pulls out Mm -hmm. and, um, and then you start to learn to recognize that and feel that for yourself. Right. I mean, you can feel like sometimes, you know, what have you ever, you know, not been present eating and you blink and you're like, wait, I had a plate full of food. <laughs> Where did it Where go? Where did it go? Yeah. <laughs> and you're still hungry because you weren't present. You know, hunger is, you know, it's should be just a, a physical thing, but it's a mental, emotional and physical thing. And when we're not present, we don't get satiated because we just physically ate and we didn't allow the rest of our parts to catch up. Yeah, I saw like a little uh, coffee table book when I went to this um, poetry event last night by uh, Thich Nhat Hanh called uh, Mindful Eating. And I just mm. flipped through it quickly. And it's it's a little, you know, easy read. And um, but I flipped through it and was like, wow, mindful eating. Never even thought about that. Like, how present am I while I'm eating? How present yeah. am I while I'm, you know, doing different activities? So this idea of being present um, in all areas has been coming up for me a lot. And I just because I started getting really active, really busy, that schedule started filling up. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. And I found myself kind of just moving through my day. And I had one of those moments where I was in a store 
that I don't even know why I was there. Like I was walking up and down the aisles because I was scrolling through my phone. I was looking at my calendar <laughs> and I'm like, why, why am I in Michael's? I'm not sewing anything today. Like why am I even in this store? And I realized right. that I was just on autopilot, completely on autopilot. And so yeah. when it comes to working with clients, you know, you, your business starts to build, your practice starts to grow. You go from five to 10, 10 to hundred, however your business is building, um, how do you maintain a sense of presence with each individual client while they're having these experiences? Do you have a mantra, a breathing exercise, or what does that look like for you in the moment? Uh, yes. Yeah, so I have a presencing, same way I have a process to enter the day. Okay. I have a presencing process okay. to um, before, before and after every client mm. to, you know, really connect myself with that soul and in that space. And okay. if we are now, you know, granted, I do a lot virtually. Mm-hmm. If we're physically meeting, I physically, you know, clear and prepare that space because mm. whether it's the space you're both going to be in or the space that you're in, you also, your environment plays such a powerful role wherever, wherever you are and how you're experiencing things. And so to be able to have a powerful environment and putting myself in the right state, because we're always in different states of consciousness. Mm. You know, sometimes we can be in a joyful, high floating state versus a, you know, or a very conscious, aware, present state Mm -hmm. and putting myself in that state in a state of service, in a state of everything else, we're just setting aside right now. Mm-hmm. And now I'm, you know, and now I'm here um, meditating beforehand and really, um, yeah, all of these things mm-hmm. to put mind, body, and spirit in a state of being, of being focused. Mm-hmm. And then inevitably, even as you go through, mm-hmm. you know, with that person, something you know and then of course making sure to eliminate as many distractions as possible of course but you know things come up and then you have to just you know draw be present (laughs) enough to at least catch yourself Mm -hmm. and exactly yeah and go back in and go back in time for a break time for a breather One thing that we often forget to do as we move throughout our lives, throughout our day, is to breathe. So I invite you right now to allow three deep, intentional breaths to enter and exit your body. And by the time you're done, we will be ready to continue. Thank you so much for listening. Now, I want you to think about how you're showing up outside of your your practice, outside of your business, in your personal relationships. Do you find yourself using these same tools and methods to remain present, like on a date, for instance, uh, out with someone? Do you find yourself drifting away with the similar distractions? And if so, what do you use to bring you back into the present? Yeah, definitely. I don't consciously put myself in state. <laughs> I did before dates. Hey, I just, you know, I'm just wondering how you prepare, you know, maybe, you know, I think that I, I think that would be really interesting though. To, although, you know what, in some ways, uh, I think many of us do, we just don't realize we're doing it. And, right. you know, I learned that I actually learned that term from Tony Robbins who was, you know, a master of being in state, mm-hmm. so to speak, and being in a very, you know, high expanded state. Mm-hmm. But things like if we're, you know, when we play music and we're dancing around, yeah, I don't know if that was one of my favorite things to do to mm-hmm. get ready. Um, and we're dancing around and you're just feeling good. That is putting yourself in state. It is. That is being, you know, that is uh presencing, but you, you know, I think it, comes back to for me it's two things the whole idea of being present it um one of the coaching principles that I learned 
that I use is one of the biggest ways to draw energy when you need it to focus and be present is to just care about the person. Mm. <laughs> and we, we don't realize how many times, how much we make everything in life about us. Yes. We're so, you know, we, we're very self-centered. <laughs> we really, who have we become? My goodness. Someone should do really something. About them. I know. And we've made it so much show. more so in this society now. Yes. yes. So to just actually, care you know just care about the person mm. um uh my girlfriend is phenomenal about this like she just you watch her she just sincerely cares about whoever she's with yeah you know now mind you you know also will limit that like okay i don't need to be don't care <laughs> don't care too much now <laughs> she wants she's so committed because whoever yeah. she's around she cares about and mm. she cares about what they say and what they're about and mm. what they're doing and she puts that energy in mm-hmm. and so whatever's happening you, you know like just care so that's one piece you mm. know as it relates to other people mm-hmm. the other piece that i find universally helps me is this awareness that we really are not living or existing unless we are in the present. Like there is no other moment right now, except for right now. Right. Everything else is a fantasy. The past is a fantasy because it happened, it left, and we keep trying to go back there. That's a dream. Mm -hmm. The future is a fantasy, whether it's something we're looking forward to or fearing. It hasn't happened. We don't have a clue what's going to happen. How many times does what we think about actually happen the way we think it's going to? Almost never. (laughs) Right. Right. It doesn't exist. Yeah. You know, it's that, you know, it's corny, but it's like, you know, the gift is in the present. Yeah. You know, it's the only time in life when we just realize like right now, this is all I have and it's all I get to be. And I can, it it can just explode and bloom in this moment. And what do I want to make out of this, this moment? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And we're so eager to get, we're so addicted to get to the next moment because we think it's something better. We don't get to enjoy this one, but by enjoying this one and having that joy, and that's that joyful, joyful awakening into this moment in this present, when I get to just embrace the juice of this moment, it actually is what perpetuates into the future to keep creating more of these juicy, explosive present moments. Exactly. Exactly. I... Amen. I'm like I, complete- I know I got a good I, little I just, passion I, about that. I completely because in and as I was listening, you know what was coming up for me was you know where did this come from? Where did this where did this 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 desire for what's not happening yet come from? Where did this attachment to to future come from? And it, I went back to thinking about how a lot of us were groomed and programmed and raised just to survive. And yeah. so a lot of times when you're in survival mode, your blinders are up, your nose is to the grindstone, you're just moving towards this destination, not even taking time to stop and smell the roses, as they say, not taking time to pause and breathe, not taking time to really get grounded, not taking time to even be in a state of presence. I think that there's there's a part of us, a lot of people that are needing to kind of lift their head up and take the blinders off and see everything that's going on around them and be able to recognize maybe bits and pieces of it, obviously not all at once because it would be overwhelming. But I think that sometimes that's our issue today is that we have so much to see and so much information and so many distractions and so many bells and whistles going off constantly that it feels like we're being pulled or our attention is being pulled in so many different directions that the idea of remaining present does require a very intentional, committed skill that we have to carry with us constantly. Do you ever find yourself like just being in a moment and looking up and realizing, Oh, I'm, I'm really just all the way here right now. Like I'm not even thinking about anything else. There's nowhere else I have to be. There's nothing else I have to do. Do you ever catch yourself having those kinds of experiences? No, because then I'd be out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wait, so that, that's the reason I ask? Kind of a trick question. That's the reason I ask is because I have those moments where I'm like, oh, this is a good moment. Wow, this feels so nice. Wow. 
oh man, okay, I, I'm really just here right now. And then I'm like, wait, but you're here. Just be here. Pause before you even go. <laughs> don't follow that squirrel. You know what I mean? Don't, don't follow that squirrel. But uh, yeah, it's, it, it definitely feels like it's a, it's a balance. And I think that um, what you said about we can't exist anywhere but now that we as our as ourselves these manifested beings we can't exist yesterday or tomorrow we can only exist right now and i think that remaining in love with the presence is something that i've been working on is i just want to be in love with this present moment because this is all i have let me just sip it in let me enjoy it and just be with it yeah and and you know what else I've learned about that? And I joke about that, but there is, there is, you know, because I don't want to go too, you know, crazy metaphysical out there, but, you know, we have multiple go, levels go metaphysical. of our, <laughs> you know, of our awareness and, you know, and there is that observer mm-hmm. um, and, you know, and that is, you know, cause there's, there's kind of this moment where it all comes together and you're all, everything is fully everything is fully present and that you know that moment when you are fully in sync that that to me is awakening that to, mo- mm. to me is enlightenment in yeah. those beautiful precious moments and there is a side when we observe it then we start feeling good about ourselves you know mm-hmm. and then we kind of we, we we've kind of popped out of we that. start celebrating then, having a party right, and like- whatever <laughs> Right. How did I end up over? How did I end up over there? I was over there having that moment. How did I end up over on this side? Yeah, it happens all the time. Exactly. Um, But what I wanted to say about that is Mm -hmm. one of the things that I've more recently learned is we feel is the idea that first of all, there's this idea that you achieve enlightenment and that's it. It happens mm-hmm. one time and then, you know, you're the ascended sage, you know, <laughs> the ascended master yep. and that's it. And that's not, you know, that's, that's a whole, you know, that's a whole nother place. But the reality is what happens with most of us is we have moments or phases of it and we go, it's a, it's a wave. We right. go in and out and we keep evolving to hopefully more frequently be in, you know, or and for longer periods. But the harder part is when you come out and you observe that you're out. Yeah. And the judgment that takes place or like, hey, I was in this great phase in life. What the heck? Why is it all, you know, what happened now? Right. Mm-hmm. What happened? What did you know? What did I do wrong or what yeah. have you? And that to be present in that space and loving with yourself, you know, that's a whole nother space. And that's mm-hmm. where there's a space where we're just, you know, happening in life. And there's a space where we're observing. And sometimes that first observer is almost even more scarier because that's where we start judging ourselves. Yeah. But then there's, there's another level where you can take one more step back and it, you know, observe the observer yeah exactly and that's when it gets really fun yeah (laughs) that's when it gets really fun yeah because the observer can be your ego mind but to observe the observer that's when you're stepping deeper into your where you can be like oh okay I see what's going on I see you I see you spinning out over here Mm -hmm. take a breath and you know and just be still love and just be joy it's okay Right. It's okay that we popped out and it's okay. You know, like in that space, Mm -hmm. that's, you know, it's a whole, that's where you can tap into a whole different level of joy that has nothing to do with circumstances. Right. Right. It's coming from a a deeper place at that point. And I, I agree that I think enlightenment is often identified or described as a destination, someplace that we're trying to get to or arrive at. And I think that it's less about a destination and it's more about an experience and you can experience enlightenment and moments of enlightenment over and over and over and over again Mm -hmm. throughout different stages of your life. 
And I think the more that we allow it to just be a part of our experience, part of the adventure that we're having right now in these, in these bodies, instead of looking at it as a destination, sometimes that can help to, to quiet that judge just a little bit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Of, of, oh, you haven't gotten there yet? Oh, you didn't? You're not enlightened? Oh, look at you. You popped out. <laughs> oh, see, now you're not present. Like, instead of saying, oh, I was I was enlightened for about five seconds there. I'm going to go ahead and enjoy yeah, that. And I'm going to go great. ahead. It was, it was wonderful. I'm sure it'll happen again. I'm confident it'll happen again. Um, I want to switch gears with you just a little bit. So there's something I like to do uh, on the podcast now, which is called Complete the Sentence. So I'm going to give you <laughs> a couple of prompts. So the first is... Um, if I could teach the world a lesson, it would be. Mm. To truly love yourself. Mm. I know I've made an impact when. I see a smile in another. Mm. I am happiest when I'm. I'm giving you my first answers, by the way. That's, so. that's the, exactly <laughs> what it's supposed to be. So, it's fine. <laughs> so I was like, oh, wow, is that really what I want to say? But hey, it's there. So, okay. <laughs> we're just being present. We're not dipping. We're not yeah. diving. I mean, we're just letting it come out. So the answer to I am happiest when was I'm awake. Oh, lovely. Lovely. I want my legacy to be. Providing healing and joy. Mm. A little known fact about me is. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, this might not be the first one that comes to mind. <laughs> oh, no. I, I can now attest to say I have popped out. I was in the zone with you and I popped out. <laughs> that one has a tendency to do that. So it's okay. You're not alone. We're just testing to make sure the first observer isn't judging you too much right now for popping out. <laughs> And your next level of deal. We're still here. We're good. Exactly. No judgment. Still love. Mm -hmm. A little known fact about me is that um, I was going to say I'm silly, but you don't have to know me too long to know that that's the case. Um, I love, uh, I actually love old school, you know, crafts. Oh, people know that about me. I love, I kind of have this desire to want to everything. There's a part of me that's like little house on the prairie, (gasps) just loves to be able to do everything from scratch. I don't want to watch the show. I'm okay. not. <laughs> like, let's be clear. I'm not be clear referring about... to Laura Ingalls. I'm referring to the simplicity right. of life. That was, yeah. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. I literally, like, I, you know, really want to learn weaving and, you know, like all the basics. Like, you know, I crochet and cross stitch and haven't done that in a while, but that's been calling me back. But yeah, I love that stuff, not just for the fact of crafts, but to be able, I think for us to be able to do the things that we now buy and purchase, but to do it on our own. Yeah. I actually just started. The reason that I had to backtrack the day that I ended up in Michael's and didn't know why was because (laughs) there was something on my heart to, um, to start crocheting again. My grandmother taught me how to crochet when I was very, Mm. very, very young. Mm-hmm. And I haven't picked, hadn't picked up a crochet needle in 30 years easily. And I was just like, you know, I want to do, I was saying to myself, I want to do something with my hands. Like I want to make something, build something. I used to crochet when I was a kid and I would make little um, scrapbooks at one point and I would, you know, make picture frames and all this kind of little stuff. And it wasn't even about like selling it or commerce. It was just something to do with my hands that I enjoyed. Yeah. And so I ended up, leaving Michael's with a crochet needle and a big ball of yarn that day. Oh, so, and I just started crocheting and kind of, you know, had to pull it out a couple of times. Like, no, that's not right. And then try it again. I found a nice little rhythm. So I have no idea what I'm making just yet, but I'm making something. So crafting is 
is something that I really enjoy as well. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. And it's very meditative. Very much so. Very much so. So my last two questions for you, well, really three is, um, how did you show yourself love today? I, I did my physical therapy exercises. Wonderful. And, and I made a really yummy, juicy, uh, creamy cup of matcha tea. Ooh, nice. Is there a word that when you hear it and when you say it makes you feel powerful? Mm. Hmm. When I hear it. Well, the, um, that just, again, just flowing the word that came to mind. I'm not even sure why, why I'm like, does that even resonate with me? The word that came was champion. Mm. Um, and the other uh, two two more things about that real quick. Mm-hmm. I'd say like I love as a word. I love the song. Whose song is that? Um, is it Sia? Titanium. Oh yeah. And you know, like <laughs> I am titanium. Yes. Like can't rock this shit. Like I always. It's one of my. You know. Ooh. It's amongst a lot of others you know it's one of my build-up songs yeah. but you know what I, I really again one of the things words have power yes they do but words have power because we give them power yes. and for better or worse and you know one of the things I did learn in my coach training from Coot is to alchemize anything like mm. I can give or remove power from any word and I can make any word be what I want it to be. You know, it's how we see it. Do I see this day as a beautiful day or not? You know, regardless of if it's raining or windy or, you know, whatever, or what's happening in the day. And I believe that about words mm-hmm. as well. Like, no, that word doesn't have power over me. And I'm, you know, I'm going to create power in, infuse power in this word. Like for me, you know, juicy is an amazing, it's one of my words. It's a powerful word, yep. Because I've, because I've infused juicy yes. to be that. Yes. So I think we, you know, we give that word that power and we need to make, you know, every word, like wherever we're walking, that word, that space, that place mm-hmm. constantly empowers us. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think being more conscious and aware of the power that we have through the words that we speak to ourselves, to others out onto, you know, onto the world that words do have the ability to transmute, transform and create. And I think the more that we're aware of that, the more mindful we become of those words. And I think of like, you know, any word can become powerful. Like, someone decided abracadabra meant something magical was about right. to happen. You know what I mean? Right. Like I'm a Harry Potter geek. I'm like, I think like expecto patronum is like, I don't know what that means, but in Harry Potter, it makes bad things go away. So that word has power. You know, it's anything, yeah. anything that we intentionally decide is going to have power is, is something that we, that we get to carry with us. And I think sometimes we for, we forget that. So thank you for the reminder that we can alchemize yeah. anything. I love that. Because that's the power in us. We forget how powerful we are. And it's just we are powerful because of the pure and simple essence of who we are in our spirit selves. And that I love your post. I think, um, was it today or yesterday? I can't. I, I think it was on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Whether it's God, the universe, or Brenda, yeah, <laughs> whatever you call it, <laughs> right? You know that essence. I'll just use you know for me the word you know that inspires you know God, universe. But for me, that essence of God runs through us. Yes, and that essence that created this universe is us. Mm-hmm. 
and like and that's where you know when you awaken to know that is who I am oh yeah (laughs) yeah yeah to know that that's just it's running through you that you are you know just a vessel you know not just but you are a vessel for this limitless and abundant power to flow through yeah right I used to like universe, but it's only a universe is only a one small part of the cosmos. That's and right. That used to make sense. Mm-hmm. I know. <laughs> see, see how we're going to keep changing the language. The more, the more enlightenment experiences we have, the more awakened like, we become. So we're know, like, wait a minute. I think there's a better word for this. So yeah. my last, okay. my last offering for you is, um, I've been using this Oracle deck for the podcast and it's called the Oracle of E by Pam Grout and Colette Baron Reed. It is a non-denominational deck of just really sweet and fun messages. It's a deck of 52. So I just need you to give me a number between one and 52. 27. 27. The message on card number 27 is magnanimous me. This is the time for your true nature to bloom like a crocus in the spring. You are nothing but a big ball of love. And the only thing you really want is to love up on everyone. This is a good time to get in touch with that higher truth and free your generous spirit. Kindness, anyone? (laughs) Beautiful. Lovely, lovely, lovely. So... Well, this is where I I leave you today. Um, This has been pleasant and wonderful and exciting and inspiring and educating as it always is. Every single time I have the opportunity to talk with you, whether in person, over the phone, or through this podcast, I am always leaving the conversation with more than what I came with. It just, you just have an ability to just pour from a space of overflow in such a beautiful, joyful, juicy (laughs) an authentic <laughs> way and it just it I feel it through the phone and it just oh my goodness I'm just I'm just grateful that we met years ago I'm grateful for the connection that still exists regardless mm-hmm. of how much time goes by mm-hmm. I I'm I'm always watching you from a distance and always sending you so much love and so much light and I just I'm excited to witness all the all the work that you're doing and all the lives that you're changing by just showing up as your whole and complete self thank you Mm, thank you thank you for that and yeah thank you for having me inviting me on again it's such a pleasure and anu and awakening enlightening experience for me to be able to do this with you in support of you and all of the amazing wonderful things you do it's great you know unfolding with each other yeah yeah, that's exactly how it feels. So enjoy the rest of your, your day, and uh, we will be in touch very soon. Sounds great. Okay, thanks, thanks again. Okay, peace. Bye. Blessings. You have a choice of hundreds of podcasts, and I appreciate you for choosing this one. Please take a moment to subscribe, share, and review this podcast. If you like what you've heard, check out my first book, Because I Said So, Simple Ways to Rewrite Your Story, available on Amazon. Stay connected on social media. Find me at Keyshawn Rains. Thank you again for taking the time to listen to something different and experience something new. Peace and blessings. Namaste. Namaste.